Hi there, Megan Thompson with Megan Thompson Coaching, and we are here to discuss the shutdown irritability cycle. So if you are parenting a highly sensitive child who is stuck in frustration, it will close their mind or, or close their mouth to you, stop talking, um, or is what we call a prickly pear, right? Uh, just really difficult to have a conversation with your sensitive kid without feeling like you're going to get yelled at any ten, any, every 10 seconds, then you should definitely listen in. Hello and welcome to How to Parent Your Highly Sensitive Child Like a Ninja. I'm your host, Megan Thompson, licensed clinical professional counselor and registered play therapist supervisor. We at MTC teach parents how to eliminate the daily meltdown and shutdown cycle for your sensitive children and teens. Highly sensitive children make up 15 to 20% of the population, according to research that has been gathered for over a century. And this podcast answers one question. How can you raise emotionally intelligent children? Stop walking on eggshells and help your child express their needs safely without punishments, yelling, or coddling. If you want to know the answer, you're in the right place. Here on today's show, we're going to cover what to do, five things that you can do to break out of that shutdown or irritability cycle, and specifically related to parenting a sensitive kid who's also stuck in the meltdown cycle. Now, if you're parenting a, a, a highly sensitive child who is stuck in the meltdown cycle, that might mean that your sensitive kid is just yelling, yelling threats, yelling um, that you're mean, yelling that they hate you, yelling that you're the worst mom ever, over and over and over again. And it's not developmentally appropriate for a sensitive child to yell on a daily basis or multiple times a day basis. That indicates that your child is struggling with their emotional experiences. They're struggling with managing their big emotions and they don't know how to uh, communicate those emotions to you without uh, a sense of lack of control, right? Without, without going to the explosive level. Now, if your no child's not having big emotions in the sense that those emotions are leading to complete lack of control, meltdowns, right? You can be wondering if listening to what we talk about here at MTC is relevant. Is it that bad, right? And think about it from an adult perspective. If you are an adult who is going from zero to 60 and your zero to 60 is yelling and you're doing that every single day, how intense is that for you as a human being, right? So for a child to yell, it would be more appropriate for a young child, say two, three, four, to be yelling on a daily basis. Maybe if the child is moving out of the meltdown cycle consistently, we would look at our clients who have broken that cycle. We, we give them uh, an awareness that uh, breaking out of that cycle consistently, yelling might be still happening in the home, but you're not breaking out of that cycle all the way if your child is yelling consistently. It's not developmentally appropriate for a child to be yelling every single day, let alone yelling you know, at the drop of a hat all the time, right? So uh, when you're struggling in this dynamic and you're noticing, okay, my kid might not be having these big, big behaviors um, where they're hitting or throwing their body on the floor or throwing items, it can be difficult to discern whether or not this is developmentally appropriate, whether or not your child is actually exhibiting behaviors that are okay for their age, okay? So for a sensitive child who notices that yelling at other people 
is uh, not an effective and safe way to treat them. You can also be noticing whether or not your child is experiencing shame, right? If your child is having regrets, talking about, down to themselves, saying they hate things about themselves, then this is a pretty clear indicator that your child is struggling and that, uh, they, that they are not feeling powerful in the choices that they make. And if they're making the, those types of statements on a regular basis, or making statements like, I hate you and using mean words, then it does mean that your child has room to grow and there is a skill gap there. Now, here at MTC, we help parents eliminate the meltdown cycle in as little as eight weeks by teaching parents skills so that their children can learn and build the skills that they need, right? Why? Because highly sensitive kids thrive in a ch with a changed environment in their own home. As a parent, you are the one who changes the environment in your home. You're the one who sets the tone. You're the one who models effective behavior. You're the one who communicates in safe ways. And then for a highly sensitive child, you actually need to explicitly teach your child how to communicate in safe ways in play and uh, consistently in a way that your child can actually digest hear, learn from, and not have a shame spiral about because they aren't getting it right. Uh, and so this is really important. We help our clients do this, and it's something that's, that's necessary for parents of sensitive kids, whether your child is stuck in the meltdown cycle or not. So when we've worked with parents whose kids are, are in an irritability cycle, uh, that intensity is prickly, right? Your child might shut down. Uh, they might isolate. They might try to uh, shut you out say things to you that are not kind, um, there's still a relationship issue going on in the home, family dynamic issue going on in the home when this is happening quite frequently. All right, so this is why we're going to cover it today. So when that's happening, as a parent, you can have the automatic reaction of wanting to shut it down. Hey, I won't be talked to like that, right? So if, if the dynamic that you're experiencing is reactive, if your response is, nope, you know, not, you're not talking to me, nope, watch your attitude, change your attitude, right? Um, then it's important for you to notice that you're leading your child through reactivity. We also see leading children through reactivity in, uh, in different ways, like walking on eggshells, right? You might be more focused on tiptoeing around your child. Okay, she's in a bad mood. She's really struggling here. They are re he's really struggling here. Uh, let me try and, 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 um, and, and make it easy for them, right? And if you're noticing that your child needs grace, right, without also teaching your child how to communicate effectively and safely, then you are still walking on eggshells. Hi parents of highly sensitive kids you can hear from other experts or uh, consultants on, in this field uh, and, and get the message that just showing your child love and understanding is going to teach your child to change their behavior. And that is absolutely false. When you are working with a parent, with a highly sensitive child and you're parenting a highly sensitive child, teaching them how to manage their behavior has, has to be a direct thing that you're going to, to, to speak with them about. You have to give direct instruction on this and it has to be playful. And the reason why that's necessary is because highly sensitive kids, while they're in tune to what they need to be doing or what the other people expect of them, they also struggle with generalizing skills. And so there's a big gap in uh, knowing what's needed and being able to perform, especially when they're emotionally overwhelmed. That's what's in the middle. Okay, so one of the key things that you need to notice is that when you're focusing on uh, improving family dynamics, which is number one, 
that you need to focus on. Uh, the important component is observing that you are the leader in the home. That happens through you, not through a conversation with anybody else, not through a conversation with peers, not through a conversation with, um, with, a, with an outside provider, not through a conversation with any sort of mentor or an auntie, anything like that, okay? Your child's environment shifts first with you, okay? Uh, why? Because everybody else is irritable when one person in the family is irritable. Uh, when you're stuck in this uh, mentality, you're either trying not to be irritable, right? And, and making active, consistent choice around your emotions. And that's reactive if you also don't have a plan for your child to learn to stop being so irritable. Uh, and, and I say that with, uh, with, with obvious, you know, care, but also some humor, right? Um, because you might feel in control of your emotional state. You might feel like you're capable of managing your emotions and, and, uh, not, you know, spiraling down uh, to, to sad town with your kid. And it's also true that if you're just, if you're having to do that day in and day out, and you don't see that your child is building any skills, then modeling isn't the only thing that's going to be working or necessary to, to move this dynamic. Okay. It's especially important if you are raising multiple children or if managing your emotional state is a challenge for you. Perhaps you didn't learn that skill in your own childhood or uh, it's precarious because you're under a lot of stress, for, for example, right? So in order to break out of the cycle of irritability, you have to look at this like a family dynamic issue. Next, you need to be able to focus on reducing your guilt. Wait a minute, Megan, you just told me that this is a family dynamic issue and that the change happens and starts with me as a parent. Crap, how come nobody told me that before? I must be crappy parent, right? Uh, let's make sure that we're correcting that and we're observing that just telling yourself the anti and following through on like the anti-mom guilt culture is not going to solve the problem. You actually need to learn how to stop talking yourself out of feeling feelings and start feeling yourself out of feeling feelings, right? Feeling your way out of those emotions. So that means being able to feel in control of your emotions rather than telling yourself to not feel it anymore. What you resist persists. And so if you are trying to tell yourself to stop feeling guilty, instead what you'll be doing is justifying your guilt and letting it be okay and then trying not to focus on it. What is that? That's distraction. Okay. So in order to be able to shift out of emotional intensity, uh, distraction can't be your only tool. That is a in the moment crisis response tool, right? If a child is bleeding, telling them to look over here while you're putting a big bandaid on it. So they stop looking at the bleeding. That's a crisis response tool, right? But it is not a prevention tool and it is not a long-term strategy, right? So same thing goes for you and your mom guilt. If you are struggling with that emotion and you don't have a plan or are not following a system that works to break out of this pattern, then it makes sense that you feel guilty because part of you wants to shift the problem and feels lost and confused. Now, are you wrong for being guilty? No. Does, is that guilt necessary to move the needle? I don't know how you're motivated. But what's important for you to notice is that just telling yourself not to feel guilty isn't going to fix the emotional intensity that you feel when guilt hits you like a ton of bricks, right? So when the skills that you need in order to teach your child is the ability to feel an emotion and let it go and pass it, right? Not turn it off, which we know a lot of us adults that, were, that are um, elder millennials, 
<laughs> if you know that comedian, um, or those of us who are even, uh, well, I forget what the generation before millennials is. I'm sorry, I'm not going to get it right. So if you're in your 40s or you're in your 50s, then you might not be a millennial and uh, you might be in a different generation and you might not have learned uh, in your childhood or in your early adolescence uh, or in your young adulthood how to manage your emotions in the process of actually feeling the feelings in your body, noticing them, letting them go. And that process now as an adult is something that will be extremely difficult for you to teach your child if you haven't learned it yourself, which is why when we work with our clients, we focus first on that and specifically relate it to the, the fact that that is a symptom of the meltdown cycle. If you've been trying to solve this problem, it's not for lack of trying that you feel guilty, right? It's not for lack of knowledge that your child has a need and that needs to be met. It's for lack of system. What great news. It's easier to solve that problem and it's easier to get rid of the guilt when there is an emotional experience of noticing that you get to experience your emotions and let them go. And when you learn that skill, then you can teach it to your kid, right? So that's important, right? The anti-mom guilt affirmations are not going to move the needle. Anti-parent guilt, right? I mean, this is not uh, gender specific here. So we go into the next piece, number three, okay? Uh, you need to be able to improve your child's emotional well-being. If your child is living in a day-to-day -day place of being irritable and there's no circumstance that has led to, for them to feel like that on a you know, regular, um, on a day-to-day -day basis, they're not being bullied, right? Um, they didn't just, uh, you know, move the through, you know, move across the country and they miss their friends, right? Then it's important for you to notice that this is coming from inside rather than outside of the, in their experience. And if that's the case, then your child who's highly sensitive needs skills to manage that. And this is not hormonal, right? Uh, when we think about younger children, kids today, uh, maybe experiencing early puberty, eight, nine, 10, all the way up through adolescence, it's really important for you as a parent to understand that your experience of witnessing your child's irritability can't just be related to their age. It has to be related to their skills because at any age, a child can build skills to manage their emotions. I know this for, for a fact because my highly sensitive child was taught big emotions from birth, right? Taught how to notice those emotions. And so at 18 months, she was saying, mama, I'm frustrated. <laughs> and I'm going to mock her because I can't remember if she rolled her or like um, formed her R's appropriately or not. But what I do remember, because I have another baby, so my memory on the, the, the first baby is a little different now. But um, what I do know for sure is that at 18 months, she was able to, to tell me a big emotion, bigger than the typical top six that we first have our clients work on. Angry, sad, mad, sorry, angry, uh, sad, excited, worried, um, surprised, and uh, scared, right? Numbers one through six. Now, if your child can't name at least those, and they're of the age of four and up, then you have work to do, right? Especially getting to those nuances of what frustration or disappointment, those gradients of the big six uh, emotions are. And it, it, again, it comes from you. You're the one who needs to be able to teach this because you have that relationship with your child. And highly sensitive kids struggle with building thorough relationships that are based in trust and vulnerability. 
great news is that they have that first opportunity to do from birth with you. And so you are going to be a much faster avenue uh, within which your child can learn these skills, which is why we, what we do at MTC happens to work so quickly, because parents can break out of this uh, this system, this this you know this cycle in uh, under eight weeks, and, and breaking out of that meltdown cycle in under eight weeks, because we're we're following the science, we're really just noticing the research, and when you change the parenting environment towards a more positive one, the child starts to feel more capable. Okay, so. This is what, um, this is number three. Now, number four, okay, your child feels more happy uh, when you're focusing on that healthy development. The capacity to understand what age does your child uh, experience positive emotion and how they are expressing that positive emotion in addition to the negative emotion. When a highly sensitive child is struggling, they're going to be struggling with naming all kinds of emotions. And you do need to look at their development in terms of noticing that it's not developmentally appropriate for children over the age of four to experience daily meltdowns, let alone multiple times a day or multiple times a week. And the same thing goes for irritability because some kids are more prone to shut down than they are to explode. And so those are two different sides of the same coin, okay? And so when we notice that, it's important for us to be paying attention to, okay, if this, if my highly sensitive child is not developing, developing at a pace that is appropriate for their age, then I have to be addressing this as a parent. So when we look at managing emotion regulation strategies and teaching that, it has to be first focused on preventing the emotional intensity in the first place. So your child experiences less need for that skill as a result, your child is actually come, able to come to that conversation and that process with you with humility rather than embarrassment, okay? Embarrassment and shame and guilt keep you stuck, they keep you helpless, and they perpetuate a victim mindset. And when your child has a victim mindset, mom, it's all your fault. Now I don't need to deal with this, other people need to deal with me, right? then that's the irritability coming out. So your child needs to experience less irritability because of what you're doing to change in the environment first, and then you teach skills, right? Um, because then at that point, it's not so much in your face because if you're trying to teach skills and they need to use that skill all day long, who loses steam? Both of you, right? You lose steam, they lose steam. You forget uh, how to lead them, and whether or not they're capable because you're just seeing their ineffective uh, communication all day long. And then they feel incapable because they're explosive, or right, prickly, okay? So it's really important. The last thing that you need to be focusing on, number five, is to strengthen family bonds. When you are focusing on strengthening your bond with your child and you are noticing that you can learn this skill to communicate playfully and speak their language, then you actually get to convey to your child that you see them, that you understand them, that you understand how they communicate with you and that you can communicate on their level. Play is the child's language and toys are their words. And when you notice that and you use play at a developmentally appropriate level, your child feels understood, your child feels heard, and your child feels capable of telling you what's really going on. And this is why it, it, what, we, what we see here at MTC for our clients is um, not surprising. I mean, we have parents of 
young children who have been just totally holed up in themselves, literally four-year-olds locking themselves in the cabinet, not telling them, not telling parents what's going on. And then, you know, three, four weeks later saying, I'm overwhelmed, saying this at school is too much and I need help. Or I don't like it when uh, brother is, um, is yelling, right? I can't handle it. Or uh, sensitive kids who are experiencing significant and intense worries are then finally telling you what those worries are all about, right? And so instead of just shutting down and saying can't, won't, no way, which is a refusal pattern, the child is instead telling the parents what's going on. And when you hear that from your child, what happens? It fosters trust. And when you feel like what you're doing is working, then that bond is strengthened even more. Because again, it's way different to address mom guilt from a place of feeling powerful and actually seeing results in what you're doing than to just tell yourself, you know what, this is just part of parenthood, okay? Because having a child who's ir who experiences irritability sometimes is part of childhood. You are not responsible for your child's emotions. What you are responsible for, especially as a parent of a highly sensitive child, is your child's learning in emotion regulation, okay? So there's a big difference there. So you're going to need to be able to tolerate that guilt and be able to um, move out of it. If you want to feel empowered to solve this problem consistently and to do it repeatedly over and over again in a way that feels not just systematic but also simple, then I encourage you to reach out to our, to our team because when you have that conversation with us, you're going to be able to notice that we're gonna show you how to do four simple things. One is to assess clearly how your child presents with that personality trait, with the temperament type of being a highly sensitive kid, and what parts of that temperament shows up in their personality. Does this make them naturally curious or does this make them naturally negative? And as a result, you'll learn how to shift their temperament, sorry, shift their personality so that they start to become naturally curious, even though they're highly sensitive because being highly sensitive doesn't mean that you automatically jump to the negative. That is actually a personality trait that can be shifted, okay? So it's not your child's true uh, self. Then we're going to show you how to notice what is actually perpetuating these problems in your home. You can take automatic and immediate action on that. When that happens, you start to feel better. You start to feel better as a parent. When you start to feel better that you're taking action around the environment that your child is living in, and that's something that is totally in control, remember, because your kid's lagging skills are something that will need to catch up, then you change your outlook on life. When you change your outlook on life and you stop feeling like life is half, glass is half empty and you start feeling like the glass is half full, then you are skipping through the day differently. You're looking at problems differently. You're seeing challenges as opportunities. When you start to see challenges as opportunities, you start to look at them from a place of curiosity. You start to notice even more things that you can change in your household that can then shift out of this dynamic consistently. As a result, your child starts to feed off of that energy and they start to feel differently in their own home because mom, dad, parent, grandparent, caregiver is experiencing a sense of empowerment with this issue. Now, you might be a glass half full kind of person in every other avenue of your life, but when you are stuck in this mentality and stuck in survival mode, it can be very difficult to feel optimistic when you've been dealing with this for a very long time, especially if your kid's coming at you with that irritability, right? 
rant, 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 over and over and over again. It's a lot, it's a lot. Think about Chinese water torture, right? Slow drips over and over and over again. It's going to affect you. You're going to be living in an emotional experience of tension, of holding your breath, of walking on eggshells, right? Uh, hemming and hawing. It's natural to have that happen as a symptom of this level of irritability when your child is lacking these skills and they are constantly reactive. And it's really important for you to not be reactive. So we get you out of that pattern, you stop feeling reactive, you start getting proactive, you start preventing this and you see a shift in your child's demeanor and in your child's behavior. When that happens, you then feel way more confident at taking action in moving the needle even further and showing your child how to build those skills. Now, I will tell you, you absolutely need mindset work at this time because when we see parents start to experience that uh, shift in their child's behavior, I will tell you that without the mindset support, they actually start to pause. This is good. I don't want to rock the boat. Guess what? That is a symptom of the meltdown cycle. You are still walking on eggshells. If you are noticing your child's emotional mood and you are not letting yourself build skills to help your child consistently shift their behavior and take ownership of their behavior. If you're not doing that, then you're still owning your child's behavior. Who's learning responsibility then? You're just keeping the belief that you're responsible for their behavior um, going and that won't change unless you decide to rip the band-aid off and start teaching them direct skills and knowing that those skills will move the needle and your child will start to feel responsible. When your child is taught those skills in a playful way and they're learning how to manage their emotions, they're learning how to change their, uh, their experiences, they stop seeing things from a place of a negative uh, uh, lens, then they're going to be able to come to you and creatively solve their problems on their own. This is what we do at MTC. We don't scattershot stuff. We don't let our clients tell us, hey, my kid's having trouble at bedtime. This is where I want to solve the problem. No, that is a symptom of the problem, okay? So following a system allows our clients to experience fast results. It allows our clients to experience um, uh, systematic results. They can, they can expect them to happen faster and they can see them happen more, um, more thoroughly. And so once you are able to do that, then your child and you feel better. This goes back to the whole strengthening of family bonds, right? Your child develops more confidence. They start to own a sense of self-love, self, um, uh, self-appreciation. They have a higher self-confidence and, and a higher self-concept when that happens. So highly sensitive kids are a gift to the world. They have a lovely like, um, and thorough ability to see challenges as opportunities when they are in a positive mindset. You've seen this. Your kid can go a mile a minute with their glorious and beautiful ideas when they're in a good mood, right? So what happens? You need to teach your child how to change their mood on their own, how to feel empowered, how to not be subject to their own mood. This is not a developmental um, experience for all children. This is really important. So many parents will think, oh, my kid is moody. That's because they're a kid. No. If you're parenting a highly sensitive child and they are stuck in this meltdown cycle and they don't have the skill to shift how they want to feel about it, then that's on you to teach them. Okay. You get to teach them that. Now, if you hear me say that and that doesn't feel encouraging, then you have some work to do on your own self-shame and we help our parents do that, right? So 
happy to have that conversation. It's important that you look at this as a family dynamic issue. That means that you need a team that is going to look at the family as a unit and as separate individuals. You need a service. You need a solution that solves the problem from around the whole, uh, the, the whole family unit. Okay. This is why what we help our families with. We are happy to support you to determine if you're a fit for what we do. A conversation is free. We look forward to having that call. Uh, on that conversation, you're going to talk to us about where you're stuck. You're going to talk to us about what your challenges are. And if we can help you uh, deal with those challenges, break out of those challenges and reach the goals that you want to reach, we'll tell you exactly how that works. And you can get started on that same conversation because if you've been struggling with this for years, why wait? And when you do that, you're going to be able to solve this problem consistently and repeatedly. And that's what we help our clients do. If what we do is not a fit, then we'll tell you exactly what you need to do first. That'll be up to you to decide uh, what, to, what to do and what to follow. And obviously the change starts first in here for you. We're happy to have that conversation. We look forward to having that conversation with you. It was a pleasure speaking with you today and I'll talk to you soon. Thank you for joining me on this episode of How to Parent Your Highly Sensitive Child Like a Ninja. We release a brand new episode every week, so be sure to click subscribe. If you like what you've heard and you're interested in seeing if you're a fit to work with us at MTC, here's what I want you to do next. Head on over to meganthompsoncoaching.com backslash call and book an appointment with our team. We'll get on the phone for about 60 minutes and we'll get you clarity on where you're stuck in parenting your sensitive child or teen what your goals are for supporting your child's development. And if we can help you, we'll get you started on knowing exactly what to do to eliminate that meltdown cycle. Eliminating the daily meltdown cycle does not happen by itself. You need expert guidance to make it happen. And we've helped hundreds of clients from all over the world end that cycle in as little as eight weeks. So to see if we can help you do the same, head on over to meganthompsoncoaching.com backslash call. I'm Megan Thompson. And we look forward to speaking to you soon.